0: Good morning, everybody. You're welcome to our service today. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for another opportunity to receive of you through your word. We thank you for another time of fellowship. So sweet, so wonderful. We thank you because you are always ready to load us with benefits. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Lord, we ask that today as we receive your word, let your word comfort with help. Let your word comfort with light. Let your word comfort with miracles. Let your word comfort with supernatural interventions. We ask in the name of Jesus that every heart is open, every mind is open, every life is open to the glory that your word is bringing today. In the name of Jesus, I pray for every hearer of this word that they would receive Everything that you have ordained for them at this season. That your mighty hand will be outstretched through your word. Through your word, the mighty hand of your spirit and your power will be outstretched. And that signs and wonders will be done through the name of your holy child, Jesus. Father, we thank you for this. We thank you for this. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Oh, we pray that Jesus is glorified today. Jesus is glorified in the lives of everyone hearing. In the lives of everyone here, Jesus is glorified. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I will be sharing with us today on what the Spirit of God has laid upon my heart. And I believe that this word is for somebody. If you are listening to me today, I would like you to know that God is sending this word to you personally. And that it is for your progress. It is for your blessing. You know, the Spirit of God laid upon my heart to share with His children how to receive His help. God is interested in His children knowing how to receive His help. How to receive His help. A lot of times, people want and need the help of God. They are even praying for the help of God. But they don't know that there is a how to receive God's help. There is a how to to it. There is a how to about it. And so today I'll be sharing with us on how to receive God's help. How to receive God's help. I'll start by saying that as long as we are in this world, we'll always need God's help at one point or the other. And that's the truth. As long as we are on earth, there will always be somewhere where. We need the help of God. There will always be an area where the help of God will be needed to move forward as long as we are on earth. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, God said, Let us make man in our own image and after our likeness. So, man was made in the image of God. He was created in the image of God. So that means man was actually designed to be sustained by God. You know, it was in the image of God. It was in the templates of God that man was created. So, the design of man is that you always need to depend on God. So, it is not an unfortunate thing to need divine help at any point in our lives. It's only a natural thing. It's a human thing. It is human to need God's help. So, we don't need to feel you know, embarrassed. We don't need to feel ashamed at any Points or in any area where we need the help of God, it is human to need the help of God because it was, it's part of our human design to be sustained and to be dependent on God. Glory to God. Now, Jeremiah chapter 10 verse 23 says, O Lord, I know that the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man that walketh to direct his steps. <laughs> He says, "It is not a man that walketh to direct his steps." So, no man, naturally speaking, knows all the exact steps he should take in life. So, we all have to depend on God for our steps. He is the one that directs our steps. So, depending on Him is is natural to how one designed. Proverbs chapter sixteen verse nine says that a man's heart deviseth his ways, but the Lord directed his steps. So it is not in man to direct his steps. It is in God to direct man's steps. All the steps that you need to take to enter your purpose, to manifest your destiny, to make progress in areas of your life, to become relevant in your field of life, to do anything you are supposed to do, the direction for those steps are going to come from God. So you will always need divine direction. You always need divine intervention, you always need God at one point or the other. Hallelujah. So, I I, I want us to have a mind that is open to divine help. You know, some people are in conditions where they need God's help, but they are not acknowledging that need. They don't acknowledge that, okay, I need God's help. Some people have become so comfortable uh, in their situation. They have found a way to adapt to the problems of their lives. But God doesn't want us to adapt to problems. He wants us to yield to His help because He's interested in solving our problems. He's interested in helping us forward in life. Helping us forward in life. i also like to say in the beginning that every human condition has a divine solution. There is no problem that exists without a solution existing somewhere else. There is no problem that exists without the existence of its solution. So, the solution to every human problem exists and it exists in God. God's help covers every area of our need because there is no need without a supply. There is no need without a provision. Every problem we face, every situation we face has a solution in God. One of the first things that will really help you to position yourself for solutions, to position yourself for divine help, is to realize that it doesn't matter how long you've been in a condition, it doesn't matter how many times you've tried to look for solution, it doesn't matter how many attempts you've made at getting an intervention, it doesn't matter how many times you've prayed about it, the solution exists. The solution. There is a solution. You must believe in a solution. You must believe that there is a solution somewhere. It may be that you've not just found that solution, but it exists. If it is a problem, then there is a solution. If it's a negative condition, then there is a solution. If it is bothering you and disturbing you, then there is a solution. Every condition of man has a solution in God. It's very important you realize that. That there is nothing that exists without a solution. Glory to God. God's help covers every area of our needs, be it divine provision, be it divine protection. Maybe sometimes what you just need is just direction. You just want to know what to do to move forward or to solve a problem, or to move your business forward, or to move your ministry forward, or to move your, forward in your job, in your profession. You need to know what to do to move forward from your financial condition. Sometimes what you need is even a clarification. You need to know why something is happening so that you can you know, probably control it. You just need a clarification. You sometimes you need a clarification. There are many options before you. You want to know which step to take, which, which option to choose. You know, Maybe you're a young person and you want to make a choice for a marital partner. You have one or two options. You know, you need to know what to do. You know, maybe you have, you know, one or two financial opportunities, but you don't know which one to take. Maybe you are there and you have a condition in your body and you have, you know, you've tried many things, but there's no solution. I want you to know that there is a reality of healing. Everything you can name as a human condition, as a corresponding divine solution. It is very, very, very important to always remind yourself that there is a solution. There is a solution. There is a possibility of coming out of this situation. You need to keep that image of the possible freedom. You have to keep that image before you that, you know, you see yourself being free. You see yourself being ahead. You see yourself being out of that condition that you may find yourself That condition in which you need divine help. You see yourself, see the situation on the other side of the equation. If it is confusion, then see yourself having direction and knowing what to do. It's very important. It's very important. Sometimes we need deliverance. There's something that is oppressing us. There's some maybe demonic affliction, satanic oppression, and we need deliverance. Sometimes we need restoration. Something is lost, and then we just need something to come back. These are different kinds of human needs that we may have. Or any other divine intervention that we may need. God has a solution. And the solution exists in God. And the solution exists on earth. So God will direct you to the solution. God will direct you to the solution. You know, there is something the Spirit of God revealed to me. He said, ask and you shall receive. Then He said, seek and you will find. Then He said, knock and the door shall be opened unto you. So there are some problems where we need to ask. Because the solution lies, you know, in, in so to say entirely with god so we need to ask him father lord i need this lord i need this but some other times the help that we need is not necessarily really something that god will do the solution already exists on earth for example if it's a financial situation there are no currencies in heaven There's, there are no dollar notes or naira notes in heaven so that's why he said seek and you shall find in other words the money exists somewhere, but you need to seek out the knowledge, the wisdom, or the, the platform that will connect you to the flow of that money. So it's not everything that you ask to get a solution to. Sometimes you need to seek. You seek out knowledge. You seek out something. You seek out a skill. You seek out something to, to get that help. And then sometimes you knock, meaning that the, the solution is actually nearby. It's actually around you. It's actually in front of you. But there is a door. There is something between you and the solution. And you have to knock for the door to be opened unto you. Hallelujah. So I want us to, to settle to you in your mind that the Lord you know, has ensured that there is nothing that we face on earth that we don't have a solution to. We just need to connect with the solution. Either through God or through somewhere or something that God will direct us to. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Next thing I'd like to say to us is that God is a God that is delighted in helping his children every step of the way. That's the character of God. That's the nature of God. God is always interested in using his divine abilities to give you an advantage in life. God is willing to help you solve that problem and make progress in your life. Please, I want you to see God. I don't know how you see God personally, I don't know your personal concept of God, but you have to know this truth today that God is interested in helping you even more than you are interested in being helped. God is more interested in making you progress in life even more than you are interested in progress in life. You cannot outdo God's love for you. You can't love yourself as much as God loves you because His love is is divine. His love is supernatural. His love is big. He said, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So God is willing to help you. Some people, some people believe that God can do what it takes to help them. God can help them. But somehow they are not sure God will help them. And you see, that uncertainty will always cheat them from divine help. Because they don't think God is willing. They are sure God is able, but they don't think God is willing. They somehow have a belief in their hearts that God does not want them to be out of the situation they are in. There are some people who are sick and they believe that God has a purpose for keeping them sick. That it is God's doing that they are sick. It is the doing of God. It is God's purpose that they are sick. And so they don't even open up for deliverance. They don't open up for healing. And you have to understand something today. Please listen to me. Your concept of God will determine your experience from God your understanding of God, your belief of God will determine what you experience of God. If you think God is in a particular way, you are likely to experience Him in that way. When it comes to the issue of healing, for example, as long as there is a belief, which is a wrong belief, but as long as it is there in you that God is the one behind the sickness and God has a purpose in that sickness, it is His will that you are sick. Trust me, you're not going to be able to get the healing. The healing will always elude you. Because by trying to get healing, you're actually trying to walk against your supposed will of God. So if you believe that it is the will of God for you to be sick, then you trying to get healed is trying to come out of the will of God. If you believe it's the will of God for you to be poor, then you trying to prosper is trying to come out of your supposed will of God. You will not have the confidence to go out all the way, to go all the way out for that solution, to go all the way out for that help, because there is an internal awareness, an internal notion that it looks like God really wants me to be in this condition, which is not true. The Bible makes us to understand very clearly that God in His nature is good and kind and gracious. The Bible makes us to understand that God's wish and desire is that we prosper and be in health, even as our soul prospers. Do you think that God is such a God who created us to see us suffer, to see us seek, to see us defeated? Do you think God is interested in having his own children go through situations that make them frustrated and make them unhappy? Do you think that it is consistent with the nature of God that his, his own children will be experiencing demonic oppression and he'll be happy with it? No. No, that's not who God is. I pray that the Spirit of God will help you to change your perspective of God. The Word of God gives us the full and accurate picture of God. And it doesn't give us any picture of a God that is interested in your frustration. There's nothing that your frustration is adding to God. There's nothing that God has as an interest in your defeat. There's nothing that God has as an interest when you are stranded. You are Ordained by God to make progress in life, to be prosperous in life. It is God's will. There was a man in the book of Mark, chapter 1, verse 40 to 42. I'll quickly read this. Mark chapter 1, verse 40 to 42. Mark chapter 1, quickly turn with me. I would like you to please try to follow me in your Bible. If you have a Bible close by, please get it and follow me in your Bible. Mark chapter 1, verse 40 to 42. The Bible says, And there came a leper to Jesus beseeching him and kneeling down to him, saying unto him, If you will, you can make me clean. The KJV says, If thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. So this man came to Jesus saying, Look, I know, Lord, that you can make me clean, but I'm not sure that you will. So he put the if to the will of God. He says, If you will, I know you can. So I'm sure of your ability to make me clean. I'm sure of your ability to bring me help. I'm sure of your ability to help me. I know God can do it for me. I know God can do it for me. But I'm not sure he will. That's the condition this man was. He came to Jesus with that mindset. And Jesus had to correct that mindset. Let's, let's see what Jesus did. In verse 41, the Bible says, And Jesus moved with compassion, put forth his hand, and touched him and said unto him, I will be thou clean. Oh, glory to God. And verse 42 says, And as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy departed from him and the man was cleansed. As soon as Jesus assured him of his will, as soon as he had spoken, the Bible says the sickness left. So, miracles would be very Easy to receive when you are sure that it is the will of God for you to be helped. When you are sure, the Bible says, As soon as Jesus spoke, the sickness departed. What did he speak? He said, I will. You know, as a popular teaching, and I believe it very strongly, that faith begins where the will of God is known. And that's the truth when you are sure and certain and confident from God's word about God's will for you in a particular situation, then you can believe Him. Because faith cannot rest solely on the ability of God to help you. Your faith must also rest on the willingness of God to help you. God's ability is one thing. God's alacrity, God's willingness is another thing. But we must believe both that God is able to help us And that He is willing to use that ability to help us. Because He is gracious and kind. So I said God is both able and willing to help you solve any problem you are facing because He is gracious. He is gracious. The grace of God is the willingness of God to use His ability to help you. The grace of God is God's willingness to use His supernatural ability to help you. Hallelujah. Can you quickly turn with me to Isaiah chapter 41 verse 10? Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10. The Bible says, Fear thou not. Now this is God speaking to us with a voice of assurance. He wants us to be sure. Please, He says, Fear thou not, for I am with you. This is God speaking to you today. He says, Be not dismayed, because I am thy God. I will strengthen you. Yea, I will help you. Yea, I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. Hallelujah. God says, do not be dismayed. Do not be afraid. Because I will strengthen you. Because I will help you. And I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. Hallelujah. What does it say? It says, behold, all they that were incensed against you shall be ashamed and confounded. They shall be as nothing. And they that strive with you shall perish. Hallelujah. God is giving you an assurance that He's going to fight for you. That those who may be fighting against you, those who are your human enemies, those who are your demonic enemies, anything working against your life will be destroyed. Because it will help you. Verse 12 says, You shall seek them and you shall not find them. Hallelujah. It says, Even them that contended with you, they that war with you shall be as nothing and as a thing of nuts. For I, the Lord, will hold your right hand, saying unto you, Fear not, I will help you. Oh, that's so comforting. That's so comforting. God is telling you today that His help is guaranteed in your life. Glory to God. Now, Psalm 46 verse 1 says, God is our refuge and strength, and He is a very present help in trouble. So every time you are in trouble, you must realize that you are not alone in that trouble. God is very present in trouble with you. So, I've said many times that when trouble is present, God is very present. He says God is a very present help in trouble. And He's not just present you know, to decorate the situation. His presence is to help. That's why He says He's a very present help. Very present help. Not just a very present encourager to encourage you to the trouble alone. No. Not just a very present you know, sympathizer to sympathize with you through the trouble alone. No, He is a very present help. Every time you find yourself in trouble, remind yourself that God, this thing feels this way, this thing looks this way, but I know you are with me in this because you are very present in trouble and you are present to help. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Now, in moving forward, I'd like to share with you Something very, very vital in receiving divine help. Something very vital in receiving divine help. And that is that God's help has conditions. God's help has conditions. And they are simple conditions. They are not difficult. There are things we must do to cooperate with His help. There are things, there are conditions to meet, meet up with. There's something about God. Every divine operation will always require a human cooperation for its execution. There will always be something a man must do, when God is helping, in order to cooperate with that help. Because God is going to help you while you cooperate with the help. The help of God is not something that just operates in the blues. You know, God is not a magician, he's a miracle worker. And he's a miracle worker because there is a walk involved in miracle. So it doesn't just happen like magic. No. In order to receive divine help, you must realize that God's help requires that we cooperate with that help. So I want to share with us very, very quickly, you know, three major conditions for God's help. Three major things we must do to cooperate with the help of God. Number one, you must make a decision against fear. You must make a decision against fear. You must refuse to fear. See, listen, every time the help of God is the matter, the state of your heart matters. Every time the help of God is the matter, the state of man's heart matters. Either a fearful state or a fearless state. Because every time the help of God shows up, the fear of man can restrict that help. God, many times in helping people, will always demand them not to fear. It's all over scriptures. It is the character of God to demand that you do not fear whenever he is about to help you. Isaiah chapter 41 verse 13, we have read earlier. He says in verse 13, it says, For I, the Lord, will hold your hand, saying unto you, Fear not, for I will help you. You see? He didn't just say, I'm, I'm I'm going to help you. He says, in order for me to help you, you have to fear not. A lot of people are entertaining fear and yet they want to entertain God. God cannot walk in an atmosphere of fear. So if there's any situation you're going through but, and your heart is so fearful about how it would turn out, about probably the fact that it would, is this way it's going to continue for life, you know, you have to help God to help you by picking that fear out. You have to deal with that fear. And the only thing that can deal with fear is the spirit of faith. And faith comes by hearing God's word. So one of the first things you can do To help yourself to receive divine help is to give yourself to hearing God's word continuously on that issue. And it's important the word of God you are listening to addresses that particular area that you need help in. Because when light shines, darkness leaves, And the word of God is light. Fear is a symbol of darkness. The more you know God's word about an issue, the less fearful and agitated you will be about that issue. So please In taking that step, these are simple steps you have to take. You have to begin to find materials that would feed your heart with God's word on that issue so that you would dissipate every fear. Because the more fear, the less of God. The more of God, the less of fear. The operation of God's spirit is inversely proportional to the quantity of fear you have in your heart. This is very important. This is very important. Fear creates an atmosphere around you that makes it difficult for you to receive God's intervention. It makes it so difficult. That same scripture we ever read earlier, Psalms 46 verse 1-2, to it says, God is a refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Verse 2, it says, therefore will we not fear? Our response to the fact that God is a very present help in our trouble is that we will refuse to fear in that trouble. Because when trouble comes, when situations become tough, When complexities of life show up, we have a tendency to become afraid. Afraid because we think we're going to be defeated. We think we're going to fail. We think we're going to lose. That fear is an antidote to the workings of God. I've told many people over the years, I say fear is very trickish. Fear is actually faith in the reverse. In such a way that just like Good faith connects you to the help of God. Fear also connects you to the help of the devil. So, fear binds you to what you fear. The Bible uses the word bondage through fear about many places in scriptures. That people are subject to bondage through fear. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, we have not received the spirit of bondage against fear. So, fear brings bondage to what you fear. Fear unconsciously and inadvertently binds you to what you fear. Such that you become dominated and you, know, you become tied to that thing. The, you know, Job said, that which I have feared the most has eventually come upon me. That's what Job said. So all the things that Job experienced, even though we know that there was a discussion in heaven, blah, blah, blah. But one particular factor that made all of that permitted in his life was that he actually had a fear of destruction, fear of desolation in his heart, glory to God so we have to understand that we have to get rid of fear, get rid of fear that's number one, number two the Bible says in the book of Ephesians chapter 1 verse 11 Ephesians chapter 1 verse 11 it says in whom we have obtained an inheritance having been predestinated according to the purpose of him that worketh all things after the counsel of his will The Bible says, God works all things after the counsel of His will. So, if God is ever going to walk, He walks in line with His will. He walks in line with His will. Please never forget this. He says, we are predestinated according to the purpose of Him who walketh all things after the counsel of His will. God works all things, not some things, but all things after the counsel of His will. So, because God cannot walk outside His will, it is important to be willing to accept His will on the issue that we need His help. It's important that we become willing to accept His will on the issue at hand. So, number two is be willing to accept the will of God on the issue at hand. Because God's help only flows in the direction of God's will and purpose. Be willing to accept the will of God on the issue at hand because God's help only flows in the direction of God's will and purpose. Sometimes when we have a particular need and we have a particular desire in an area of our lives, there is a way we want it to go. In other words, we want it to go in a particular way and we want even the help of God that we require, want it to come in a specific way. No, it never works that way. You cannot always determine the exact way God should bring His help. Because God is a king and He determines how He works. The only way for you to determine how the help will come from God is for you to position yourself in His will. Because His will is His template of operation. It doesn't work outside His will. The Bible says He works all things after the counsel of His will. So if I can get God's will on an issue, I have the guarantee that He will work with me on that issue. He will work to bring the solution. Because He works all things things after the counsel of his will. Remember Romans 8.28 says that all things work together for them who are called according to his purpose. So it is the man that is in God's purpose, a man that has opened his mind, opened his heart to, to allow God's purpose to be done. That's the man that will experience the work of God, experience the help of God. Remember the story of Anna? Anna was, you know, without a child and she was praying and she was praying And she was praying. And then she came to a point in her prayer. After praying for for a long time, she needed a child. But somehow, I believe the Spirit of God helped her to align herself with the will of God. So at the point she said, okay, God, if you are going to give me a child, I will do your will by giving that child back to you. That means it was the will of God that God needed someone. God needed a prophet. and The Spirit of God helped Anna to give God a promise that if God will give her a child, she will give that child back to God as the prophet that he needs for the children of Israel. So, we have saw that Anna got God's help by yielding to God's will. The easiest way to enjoy God's help is to link your need with God's need. To link your need with God's will. What is it you are believing God for? What is it you have been praying about for a long time? It could be that you have not been praying In a way that you are leaving the space for God to work His will. Maybe you are so bent on having it go in a particular way. You know, I see many people praying, praying. Sometimes some parents are praying for their children for a particular thing. But there is a way they want it to go. They want it to go in a particular way. But you are not the God of your children. So you cannot determine every detail about your children's life. So the best you can do is to pray with allowance for the will of God. Pray with allowance for the will of God. Remember the three Hebrew children also. The three Hebrew children. The Bible says, when the king made the decree to bow down to the idol and blah, blah. We know the whole story because of time. And they said, okay, we are not going to bow down. And then they were reported to the king. And then the king threatened to put them into the fire. They replied to the king and said, okay, O king, look, we are not careful to answer you in this matter. Because our God is able to deliver us from your fire. But even if our God will not deliver us, we will not bow down. Now, you could just put yourself in their shoes. They knew that their God could do it. So, they were expecting God to save them from the fire. But they had put that clause there. They had made that allowance for the will of God. That even if God will not deliver us, we are not still going to bow down. So, they committed themselves to the will of God. Because it was the will of God for them not to bow down to any creature. To bow down to any statue. So as long as they were determined to stick with the will of God, the help of God still came. It did not come the way they were expecting, because they were expecting natural deliverance, that God would deliver them from the fires of the king. But what happened? God eventually delivered them in his own way, not in their own way. It is the will of God that determines the way of God. It is the will of God that determines the way of God. There is a connection between the will of God and the way of God. What I mean by that is, you want God's help on an issue. Once you position yourself with the will of God on that issue, then you allow God to do His work or play His part in His own way. In His own way. So you have to be sensitive and yielded to His will and His way. They wanted God to deliver them from the fire. It was God's will to deliver them from the fire, but it was not God's will to deliver them by saving them from entering the fire. God wanted to prove a superior level of miracle by getting them into the fire and proving that even in the fire is still God. There are sometimes we want God to help us by keeping us from some things that are about to happen. If God don't let it happen, God don't let it happen. And we keep praying, and it still happens. I want you to know that anytime something like that still happens, it is because God wants to prove to you that even if it happens, I'm still going to be your king and your Lord and your help. I will prove to you that even when I do not save you from the fire, I will keep you from the heat, from the effect of the fire. That even in the fire, you're going to have coolness. You're going to have different atmosphere in the fire. We know the story that the three Hebrew children eventually had a supernatural manifestation of divine presence. That the fire that was supposed to burn them became a very, very comfortable, cozy environment for them to just relax. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So, number one, like I said, number one condition, the will of God requires that we refuse to fear. Number two, it requires that we are willing to accept His way of bringing our help. Willing to accept His will On the matter. Number three, we have to throw away the key that opened the wrong door. When we find ourselves in problems, many times it's because we have opened the wrong door. And the key that opened that wrong door, we have to throw it away. Sin is that key that opens the door to afflictions. Sin is that key that opens the door to oppression. When we break God's law, we open up ourselves to demonic oppression. When we break the word of God, when we break God's law, we open up ourselves to all kinds of situations. So in asking God for help in that situation, we have to throw away that sin that opened the door. It's not every situation and problem that is caused by a sin. But I'm saying that many times it is caused by a sin. Many times, sin. Now you check the book of Psalm 119, verse 67, Psalm 119, verse 67. Repeat, turn there with me. Now, the Bible says, Glory to God. Yeah, the Bible says, Before I was afflicted, I went astray. But now I have kept your word. Before I was afflicted, I went astray. So before the affliction came, I went astray. I stepped out of your word. I strayed from your word. But now I have kept thy word. And this is the experience of many people. They go astray and then affliction comes, and they now learn their lessons, and then they keep the word of God. You don't have to learn from your own experience. You don't have to learn from your own experience. If you live your life within the confines of God's word, you need less of desperate divine interventions. Those kind of interventions that you just like, God should just move. No, you need less of it. We always need God's help, like I've said. But those ones that look as if, You know, the devil is about to totally wipe off our lives and all that. We will find ourselves in less of those kind of situations. Because the will of God is good and acceptable and perfect. Psalm 107 verse 7 to 19. The Bible says, Psalm 107 verse 17 to 19, sorry. It says, fools, because of their transgression and because of their iniquities, are afflicted. You see, one of the things that brings affliction, like we have said, is sin and iniquity. Transgression. Fools, because of their transgression and because of their iniquities, are afflicted. Their soul abhorrents all manner of meats. They draw near to the gates of death, that sickness. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and He saveth them out of their distresses. He sends His word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. So, sin is the key that opens the door to sickness, to oppression. To all kinds of afflictions of the devil. And so, we must throw away sin. We must get rid of sin when we are when we are approaching God for help. That's number three. So, those are the three keys I just want to give us. They are the conditions to divine help. We refuse to fear. We are willing to accept the will of God on the matter. We are not strong-minded and strong-willed on the matter. Then, we throw away the key of sin. Now, just let's dive straight into today's teaching. What are the steps to now receive divine help? When you have fulfilled those conditions, you can now take these steps one after the other and there will be a guarantee of divine help. There will be a manifestation of divine help. God is willing to help you and His help is going to come true for you in Jesus' name as you take these steps. Number one, pray pray prayers of consecration. Now, this is very important. This is the first step into divine help. Pray the prayers of consecration. (laughs) Prayer is the first step, of course. The Bible says, let us therefore come boldly. Come boldly before the throne of grace. That we may obtain mercy and find grace to help. Grace to help. So we find grace to help by coming to the place of prayer. By coming to the throne of grace through prayer. It's very funny how many times, even as God's children... We have issues in our lives that we do everything but pray about. We worry about, we talk about, we we distressed about, we feel frustrated about, we murmur about, we argue about, we even consult people for solutions about it. But we just sometimes forget that there is a God up there who is very, very interested in helping us. You know, I, I've caught many Christians doing this and discussing the problem with me, and I'll just say, have we ever? sincerely prayed about this issue and you just look up and say well, uh, not really, but I, 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 you know, they have not really taken it up to God as a petition and say, Father Lord, I ask for your help. Now, I know we are all religious and spiritual and all that, but there will be some issues in your life that are going on and they are bothering you, but well, maybe because they are not very major or very, very life-threatening, we just forget to pray about them. And I know I'm talking to somebody. So prayer is the first step, but not just any kind of prayer. In number one step, it is important that you're not just praying anyhow. Some people pray the prayer of complaints. They go to God and all they are doing is complaining about the situation. Now, God doesn't hear prayer of complaints. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 4 verse 6, it says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known to God. It didn't say let your complaint be made known to God. Let your request be made known to God, so tell God what you want. don't tell God what you you know what you don't want, what is happening that you don't want that you don't you don't like Mm-mm. Tell him, Father, Lord, this is what's currently happening. I report this case to you, Lord, I ask for your help, I ask for your intervention, this is what I want in the name of Jesus, I desire to have this in my life, I desire to have this go this way. you know, express your desires to God now. Pray prayers of consecration. Now, what are prayers of consecration? Prayers of consecration are prayers that submit you and commit you to the will of God. Don't forget we've said we have to be willing to accept the will of God. But now, we now move beyond being willing to pray the will of God. That is prayer of consecration. A prayer of consecration is a committer of yourself to the will of God. You are submitting yourself and committing yourself to the counsel of God's will. You are And yourself over to be controlled by whatever God wills, whatever God wants on that issue. Jesus taught us to pray prayers of consecration. He taught us in Matthew chapter 6 verse 10 to pray, O Father, thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Father Lord, I know you have a will in heaven on this this matter. I ask that it is done on earth as it is in heaven. So, the will of God on that matter is what you should pray about. And Colossians chapter 1 verse 9 to 10 is very powerful. I'd like us to turn there is the best way to pray about matters, especially when you don't yet know what the will of God is. You can pray Colossians chapter 1, verse 9-10. to 10. It says, For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, we do not cease to pray for you, and to desire that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. This is very powerful. That you may be filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. That is how to pray. Paul is giving us a template for prayer. A prayer that was inspired into him by the Holy Spirit. He says in verse 8, Who also declared to us your love in the Spirit? He says, For this cause we pray. that what? That you might be filled with the knowledge of His will. So, to pray prayers of consecration means you say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask that over this matter I am filled with the knowledge of His will. I know from your word that you walk all things after the counsel of your will. So, I ask that, Lord, you grant me to be filled with the knowledge of your will. Grant me to be filled with the knowledge of your will. Over my academics, grant me to be filled with the knowledge of your will. In all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Over my finances, grant me to be filled with the knowledge of your will. Over these coins, financial projects, grant me to be filled with the knowledge of your will. It's very, very important to commit yourself to the will of God. When you pray prayers of consecration, you have engaged divine walkings. Because God works all things after the counsel of His will. Please never forget that. That if you are going to get God's help on an issue, I kind of emphasize this, that you first have to come into synchrony with His will. This is what people call alignment. Alignment means you have assumed a mode of Art, a state of art and a state of life that is in line with what God wants for you. When you f- fulfill divine alignment, then you grant divine allowment. You allow God to walk. Because if you don't take the posture of God's will, look. imagine a situation where there is a conflict between a husband and wife. They are having arguments and then there is this continuous and persistent issues of arguments and conflict, and it seems that they can't just find common ground on, on many issues. Now, if there's always argument like that, someone has to submit to the will of God. Or else there will not be solution. You have to submit to the will of God. And what is the will of God for marriage? The Bible says, husbands, love your wives. Can the man take up the position of love? Love is defined in God's word. Don't just say, I love her, but she's the one that is not submitting. No, 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 no. There are terms of love. 1 Corinthians 13 tells us the attributes of love. You have to take those attributes. Love suffered long. Are you long-suffering? Do you forbear with her? You know, the Bible says, Love boasteth not itself. The Bible says, Love does not insist on its own way. Part of the reasons why the argument may be happening is that you are always trying to insist on your own way. So you can't just claim, I love her. You are, you are claiming to love her in what you call love, not what God calls love. We have to be very deliberate when we are dealing with God and, 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 and His help. To find out from his word what he wants us to do. Because if we do what God wants us to do, we will experience his help easily. Easily. Well, a lot of people want God's help in their own way. They want to keep living with their own lack of alignment with God. Living with their own ideas. Living with their own thinking. Living with their own ways of doing things. And God to help them like that. If God does not help that way. In order for God to bring help, he first demands that he fulfill these conditions. Cast away fear. God will not help you in a fearful situation. If God helps a man in a fearful situation, it's not help. It is extracurricular mercy. But you help God to make that help come easier. <laughs> when you do it, when you cast away fear, when you refuse to fear. These things are very, very important. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Now, in the book of Luke chapter 22, verse 41 to 42. In the book of Luke chapter 22, verse 41 42. We see an example of Jesus praying the prayer of consecration here, and as he prayed that prayer, help came from heaven. The Bible says from verse 41, and Jesus was withdrawn from them about the stone's cast, and he knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. I don't want to go, I don't want to go through this situation. Nevertheless, not my will, but your own will be done. Immediately Jesus prayed this prayer of consecration where he committed himself to the will of God and said, Father, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. What happened? The next verse. And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. You see, help came from heaven when he yielded to the will of God. What is that issue you've been praying about? Can you yield to the will of God and say, Father, not my will, but your will be done? Not my will, but your will be done. Can you say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask that I am filled with the knowledge of your will, in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Can you say, Thy kingdom come, and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When you pray the will of God, you allow the help of God to come speedily. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Now, um, concerning this particular point of praying prayers of consecration, I would like to say that praying in the Spirit is a very vital key here. Praying in the Spirit. Because one thing that happens when we pray in the Spirit is that the Holy Spirit helps us to pray in other tongues, in supernatural language. He helps us to pray the will of God beyond our own limited knowledge. One of the benefits of praying in tongues is that it helps you to pray about issues in an accurate way that is consistent with the will of God beyond your own limited knowledge. You don't know exactly what you should pray about and issue. That's what the Bible says in Romans chapter 8 verse 26. The Bible says, For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Then verse 27 says, And he that searcheth the arts, knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So when the Spirit of God helps us to pray in tongues, pray in tongues to the point of groaning in the Spirit, The Bible says that He is helping us to make intercession according to the will of God. So when you pray in tongues, you are praying the will of God. You are uttering in a language that you don't understand. In a language that is beyond your understanding. The perfect will of God on that matter. So you are allowing God. You are aligning with God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. That's number one. You have to pray prayers of consecration. After you have taken that step, what are you to do next? Number two step to receive divine help is to watch while you pray. Watch while you pray. Now this is where many Christians miss it. I know a lot of people pray, but few people watch while they, while they pray. We have to watch while we pray, understanding that God's help will start from inside us and then we have to work it out. That understanding is the reason why we have to watch. Because the help of God starts from inside us. As we pray, the walking towards that help will begin from inside us. And then, as that walking begins from inside us, we now have the responsibility to walk it out. Let's quickly turn to Philippians chapter number 2. Philippians chapter 2, we'll read from verse 12 down to verse 14. It says, Wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but much more in my absence, Walk out your own salvation. Walk out your own solution. Walk out your own intervention. Walk out your own progress with fear and trembling. Verse 13 says, Because it is God which walketh in you, both to will and to do, of his good pleasure. That of his will. You see that? So, he's saying, look, it is God that is walking in you. And it's working in you is to make you to will and then to do. So that means when you begin to pray, God's response will not just be one drastic miracle like that many times. Many times, God doesn't just come brah like that. And I know you know what I'm talking about because you've been praying about a lot of things and you've not seen that, that, that divine sporadic alacritos manifestation. Brah! No. And many times because we don't see that divine spontaneity, we we stop praying and we just give up a few prayer doesn't work. But prayer works, it's just that we need to know how the prayer works. How does it work? The Bible says, when we begin to pray, God begins to work in you to will His divine pleasure and then to do His divine pleasure. So there are things that God wants you to do about that situation that it will not occur to you until you start praying. It is when you start praying that it now begins to walk towards you to bring those things that you are supposed to do into your consciousness, into your willingness. So it says God is working in you both to will and to do. Please get this. A lot of people are praying and they are expecting something to start happening outside first. The answer will not start outside like that. It will start outside. God helps you through you. So the answer will come from an inner working, And that inner working will bring you steps that you are supposed to take on that issue. Things you are supposed to do. You may be praying for a financial situation, a financial intervention. And then the Spirit of God will now begin to bring to your consciousness someone that you should contact. A contact you should make. Someone you should talk to about it. Of course, many times the help of God will come through another human being. But if you are only looking to man, you will be looking to the wrong man. It is when you take your issue first to God by praying prayers of consecration, that he will tell you the person to talk to. He will bring it to your mind. He will make you to will and then to do. And that's why verse 14 says, after you have prayed and God is working in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure, verse 14 says, do all things without murmurings and disputings. Because there are many things God wants you to do. There's something God wants you to do. Now that you have prayed, you can do. But many people want to just do without praying. It is prayer that stimulates and activates that inner divine walking that makes us willing and active in His divine pleasure. Then we can now do. We can now act on the outside. So, number one step, like I've said, pray, pray as a consecration. Number two, watch while you pray. What are you watching out for? You're watching out for that inner light, that inner insight, that inner idea, that inner direction, that inner quickened supernatural understanding of what to do. And when that thing comes, make sure you write it down. Please watch while you pray. Many people pray, but they don't watch while they pray. And the Bible teaches us to watch in prayer. Um, Ephesians chapter number 6 verse 18. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 18. It says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. And then watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication. So while you are praying with all supplication, you are also watching with supplication. It's powerful. It says praying with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto. Watching. We always focus on the praying, but we don't give an attention to watching. Watching means you assume a state of mind that is ready to detect divine response, you, you, you maintain a soberness in your soul and in your spirit. You maintain a sensitive posture because you know that as you are praying, God is faithful to bring you answers. And the answers will come in form of thoughts, in form of ideas, in form of insights, in form of knowings, in form of direction. So you assume this posture. This is the very critical point where many Christians miss it. They think that when they are prayed, they just sit down and expect God to do something. No, when you are prayed, even after you've prayed, I mean, after the time of prayer, you must still maintain a sensitive posture of art outside prayer. While you are doing every other thing you are doing during the day, your heart is sensitive. Because sometimes the thoughts will come to your mind as a response from God, even when you are doing something very domestic. It will come to you when you are in the toilets it will come to you when you are driving it will come to you when you are discussing in fact sometimes you are praying you pray about an issue and then you get into a discussion later with a friend or with someone and you are discussing and the Holy Ghost in response to your prayer diverts that discussion and conversation into his mind and and the solution in other words you allow the conversation to go in a direction that will bring out the solution and you may not know you may just think oh me and this person have discussed but what you just finished discussing is the step to take Sometimes you pray and then a correction comes from an authority in your life. That correction is the answer to the prayer. A lot of Christians know how to pray, but they don't know how to receive answers to prayer. Because they don't know that God brings his answers in different dynamic ways. So they don't look out. Sometimes you finish praying, sometimes I pray about an issue, pray about an issue, and then the Spirit of God starts I like drawing my heart to a particular book, I should go and read it. And I have seen the title before, or I have glossed through it before, or I have heard about it before. That title just starts coming to my mind. Sometimes you're praying and the the Spirit of God, you know, answers the prayer by sending someone to give you a book. Sometimes you're praying and the Spirit of God answers the prayer by directing you unconsciously. You are not conscious, but you're just online doing this, surfing, and then you just see a link on a particular page. And it directs you, and that link is the answer to the prayer. Because as you click on that link, you make the connection that's required, and then the answer comes. Or you click on that link, and you find this particular information you need to solve the problem. God works for you by walking through you. So don't, be, don't black out after you pray and just say, Father, I do this Lord, Lord, I want this to happen. And then just black out and you're just watching and say, ah, the thing is not changing. The situation is not changing. What is God telling you to do? You have to watch out for it. You have to watch out. The answer is going to come from inside. Please quickly turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6. Rushing because of time. The Bible says, for God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness. So he's talking about a situation that is tantamount to the story of creation. In Genesis 1, the Bible says, there was darkness upon the face of the deep, there was chaos, there was problem. And God brought solution by commanding the light to shine out of darkness. So it's telling us here that in the same way God brought that solution, that's the same pattern He will use to bring solutions into our life. So let's read it. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness in the beginning, He has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ Jesus. So, the same way God commanded light to shine out of darkness is going to shine in our hearts. So the solution that came in the beginning when God was creating recreating the world, the way it's going to come for us is that it will come from our hearts in form of light. So how is God going to respond? How is he going to respond? He's not going to command like he commanded in the beginning anymore. Now he's going to give the light in our hearts. This is the light of the knowledge of the glory of God. There will be a light. There will be an insight. There will be a direction that will come. This is how God works. And this particular working of God is what brings the power of God into our lives for solution. Look at it. That's what the Bible says in verse 7. It says, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. What is the treasure that we have in the 18 verses? The light of the glory of God. The light that is in the face of Christ Jesus. The light, that insight, that direction, that the face of Jesus shines into you, that creates an impression in your own spirit. This is the beauty of how God works to bring solution. And as we master this particular pattern, we we'll find out that we can bring solution to every problem that we find ourselves in. We can receive divine help god shines his light look at how god helped adam the bible says in genesis chapter 2 verse 18 to 22 the bible says god spoke let's quickly turn it. genesis chapter 2 verse 18 to 22 genesis chapter 2 verse 18 to 22. bible says and the lord god said it is not good that the man should be alone i will make him an help meet for him so god wanted to help this man called Adam. so what did god do verse 19 and out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called the living creatures, that was the name thereof. And Adam gave names to all the cattle and all the fowl of the air and all the beasts of the field. But for Adam, there was not found an elk meat for him. And the Lord God now caused Adam to fall into a deep sleep. And he slept and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh thereof. And out of the rib, the Lord God made the woman and brought him to the man. This is what God did. God said, okay, I want to give this man help, but I need to prove to this man that even though he has many, many opportunities around him, many, many, many uh, entities, many, many creatures around him, I want him to know that the help that I'm going to bring into his life cannot come from outside. What did God do? God brought all the animals to Adam and told Adam to give names to them. And Adam named every single creature and you find out from verse 20, the Bible says in verse 20, But for Adam, there was not found an elk meat for him. So it was an experiment God was putting Adam through. God wanted Adam to perform that naming ceremony for the whole creation. And find out if in naming them, there will be any of the animals that will be called by the name of his help. So the Bible says in verse twenty, and Adam gives names to all the cattle, and to all the fowl, and to all the beasts. But there was not found an helpmate among all of them. So it was an experiment God did that God wanted to make Adam to know beyond any doubt that his help is not going to come from anything outside first. His help would come first from inside. Yes, his help will manifested outside as a woman, as an external woman, but it will start from inside first. So, divine help is initiated inside and then manifested outside. It's taxed inside first. Many times we pray and we don't look inside. We pray and we are not sensitive. The life of a Christian is supposed to be full of prayer and also full of watching. Watching is a posture of your heart that is sensitive to everything around you, sensitive to everything inside you in order to find out if God is speaking through any of those things. Sensitive to your thoughts. Sensitive to your imaginations. Sensitive to the ideas that come to your mind. Sensitive to the things that people around you may say. Sensitive to the moves that men make around you. While you are praying, you are also being sensitive because you know that your answer can come through any of those things. If you ask many people who have gotten major interventions in life, many of many times they'll say, Something just told me this. I just felt I should take this step. I just felt I should ask many anybody who has risen to any point that is admirable in life, you find out that there was a particular juncture where they just after they had prayed, they just felt, okay, just this opportunity just showed up, or this thing just came to my mind. I just took that step and boom, it happened. That was the help of God. So, like i said, we have to watch while we pray. We have to watch while we pray. We have to watch while we pray. Number three, because of time, when we pray, as we receive that light, as we receive that knowledge of what God wants us to do, as we receive those things that the Spirit of God will begin to give us insight, we must speak them out. It's not enough to sense what God is saying. It's important that we declare the Word of God. And now, in speaking them out, you know, sometimes we don't know exactly what, you know, we are not sure which of our thoughts or our imaginations is. message from God, but one of the things we can do is to ensure that we speak out the written mind of God on that issue. If I'm believing God, for example, for prosperity in my business, I want prosperity, then while I'm praying that the will of God should be established and, and revealed to me on that matter, I'll take Psalm chapter 1 and I'll begin to declare Psalm chapter 1. Psalm chapter 1 says that I'm like a tree planted by the rivers of water. My leaf does not wither, and whatsoever I do shall prosper. You see, I'm believing God for prosperity, but I must also cooperate with God by speaking His word on that issue. The Bible says in Psalm 33 verse 4, it says, O God, all thy works are done in truth. All thy works are done in truth. So if I don't bring truth into the situation by speaking it forth and declaring the truth of God's word on that situation, I will not make the situation conducive for divine walkings. Because it says, all the works of God are done in truth. God needs truth in order to work. God needs truth in order to work. He needs truth in order to work. So, I'll take someone and I begin to declare. I begin to declare. I begin to declare. I begin to say, I'm like a tree planted by the rivers of water. I bring forth my fruits in my season. I am fruitful in this business. In the name of Jesus. I declare I am fruitful. I am productive and effective. The wisdom of God is working in me for productivity. My leaf does not wither. And whatsoever I do prospers. As I lay my hands upon my business, as I do my business, it prospers. It prospers. Whatsoever I do prospers. I am blessed beyond measure. I am blessed with all spiritual blessings. I begin to declare those words. A lot of Christians think that God will help them With their mouth still talking the way they used to talk. And listen, God is willing to help, but he cannot help you if your mouth will frustrate him. Your mouth must cooperate with him in order for him to help you. So you have to be speaking God's word about that issue. If you are trusting God and believing God for healing, you are not going to get that healing speaking sickness. All you do and say is, you declare how you are feeling, declare how the pain. Yes, I know the pain is painful. I know it's feeling frustrating, it's excruciating. But you simply have to cooperate with the healing. And your mouth is where life and death is. So you cannot keep speaking death and expect that life will take over. I'm not saying that you, maybe, you know, maybe to those around you, you cannot declare that, oh, this I'm feeling this pain here and all that. That's okay. But make sure that you're taking time to declare what God has said. By His stripes I am healed. I declare I am healed. And this is not just a once in a while confession you just make once in a while. You have to speak it as a fight. It's called a good fight of faith. You have to say it again and again. Say it prayerfully. Say it with an attitude of worship. Say it with an attitude of warfare. You have to say it. So you have to speak the word out loud. And let me say this to you. You speak the word in four different modes. You speak the word of God to God himself in worship. You speak the word of God to yourself in meditation. You speak the word of God to the situation in affirmation. And you speak the word of God to the devil in command. So you you speak the word of God. Thank you, Father, Lord, because you are my healer. I worship you as my healer. You are speaking the word of God to God in worship. Also, you speak the word of God to yourself by his stripes and healed. You are saying it to yourself. You are making your mind to capture the life in the word. You are using your, your, your mouth and your mind to, to, to massage the word of God in order to suck out the juice of life that is in God's word. Because the word of God contains the solution to every situation. So as you are declaring that word to yourself, you are declaring it in meditation. You speak the word of God to God in worship. You speak the word of God to yourself in meditation. You say it to yourself. You say it to yourself. Somewhere in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 14, the Bible says, let him speak to himself and to God. So you speak to God and you speak to yourself. You speak to God and you speak to yourself. Then also, you speak to the situation, Jesus said we should talk to the mountain, Mark 11, 23. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. Let this be your culture, that you have a culture of responding to situations, not emotionally, but confessionally. You speak to the situation. Something happens, you speak to it. Situation may have been tough and tough. It may may have been a long-standing situation. The Bible says the woman with the issue of blood, for 12 years she has been suffering this ailment. Twelve whole years of suffering, that is, that's a long time, brothers. That's a long time. But the Bible says, when she heard of Jesus, what did she do? She began to say to herself, I know that if I touch His garment, I shall be Ill. She said it to herself. Of course, she took action, which is number four step. We have to take the action. You have to work out your salvation. Yes, but before the action, she said it. It's a major step you must not miss. Because God's walk will require truth. But the Bible says, all his works are done in truth. If you don't speak the truth of his word about that situation, you're not going to make the atmosphere conducive for him to walk. And his help will be frustrated. Remember the book of, um, in the book of Ezekiel chapter 37, the story of Ezekiel, when he was carried by the Spirit of God into the valley of dry bones. The Bible says, God asked him, can these bones live? He said, oh God, only you know whether it can live. <laughs> and then the Lord said, you talk to the bones. Prophesy to the bones. Don't just leave it in my hand that God only you knows. No, talk to the bones. Talk to it. So there are some of us who are living issues that, oh, whatever we we'll do, we'll do. will with God, to do know. There are some particular situations that will, not, that will not change only because God has a plan for you to change. You will have to use your mouth to make that change happen. You have to speak the word. This is one major... I've been a Christian for a number of years and I found that a lot of Christians have an issue with confession. We are just not used to talk, and we have to train ourselves. It is the character of God to talk. This is the singular principle God himself taught Joshua in order to help him to be a successful leader. Six million Jews standing in front of him. Moses had set the records and the standards very high. This young man was now given the responsibility to step into Moses' shoe. He was very, very intimidated. God had to encourage him and say, look, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Be strong, be strong. Only be that that strong. God was repeating it because God could see this man was intimidated. So what happened? God said, okay, apart from being strong, this is the principle you need to use. Always let the word of God run in your mouth day and night. In that way, you'll make your way prosperous and you'll have good success. If we don't have that culture, then looking for a life of permanent and consistent prosperity will always be a hope and remain as a hope. It will not be a manifestation. So we have to train and please train yourself to maintain a mental and verbal attitude of truth to situations. That you always respond with truth. God told Ezekiel, speak to the bones. And the Bible says, Ezekiel said, As I spoke the will of God to the bones, I saw a change. Bones came to his bones. Things began to happen. Flesh came upon them and they rose up as a great army. You have to talk to the situation. Then also you have, sometimes you have to talk to the devil. You address the devil himself and say, In the name of Jesus, devil, I rebook you. The Bible says you should resist the devil and you will flee. There are some people going through all kinds of oppression and they have not taken any time to really address the devil and face the devil himself in prayer and say, Devil, hear the word of the Lord. The Lord rebukes you. I, re- I resist you from this area of my life. I cancel your workings. I dis- you have to get angry in your spirit and take authority. The Bible says, Submit yourself to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. As long as you have submitted yourself to the will of God, you have yielded yourself to the will of God. You have, you have thrown away sin. You have thrown away this. You have thrown away anything you are doing that is inconsistent with the word of God. You can resist the devil. You take authority over the devil. Stop suffering for nothing. You may Sometimes it may cost you. You may need to take some moments to fast and pray. It's okay. Fast. Stay away from food. And then deal with the devil and the issue. Your mouth is very important if you are going to win in life. If you don't learn to talk right, you're not going to experience the blessings that God has ordained for you. Glory to God. Now, the second to the last step is number five, number four, Walk out your salvation. In other words, take those external steps, external actions. Take those steps, make those actions. Do whatever God says to do. Whatever inspiration came to you through prayer, whatever inspiration has come to your mind, whatever inspiration has come to your mind that, from, the, from, from God's word, whatever the word of God has said you should do on that situation, act on it. You know, Philippians chapter 2 verse 14 we have already says, God is working in you both to will, to do, of his good pleasure. Then verse 14 now says, therefore now do. So, you can't just say, okay, God is working in me to will and to do. I'm willing. Okay, I know what to do. If you know what to do, then do what you know. Act on it. Act on it. Take that step. It's not always going to be comfortable taking the step, but you have to take the step. Apply for that thing. Register for that thing. Enroll for that thing. Visit that person. See that pastor for prayer. Do something. Take a step now. Put that call through. If you don't take a step, you're not going to step out of that situation. You have to take a step. Very powerful story in the book of Acts where Paul was ministering at Lystra and the Bible says there was a man sitting there who had never walked in his life, was impotent in his feet. He had He had been in that condition since he was born. And the Bible says, as he heard Paul speak, Paul looked at him and perceived that he had faith to be healed. This man had faith to be healed, but the man was still there, crippled. He was still crippled. Even with enough faith to be healed, he was still crippled. Until Paul told him, jump out of that condition. The Bible says, Paul shouted with a loud voice and said, stand upright on thy feet. In other words, take a step. Move out. You already have the faith to move out. So now move out. Because faith without works is dead. After you've known the steps to take, it's time to take that step. If you don't take a step, you will not step out. Now the Bible says in Psalm 32, verse this very, beautiful scripture. I was laughing the first day the Spirit of God revealed this to me. I was like, oh, I never saw this like this before. Can we turn to Psalm 32, verse seven? It shows a picture that many of us find ourselves in many times. You know, we are praying and we are praying, the, we are praying in the mood of verse seven, and then God responds in the mood of verse eight to nine. Let's read verse seven. We are praying and we are saying, thou art my hiding place. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. Thou shalt compass me about with songs of deliverance. You know, there's trouble. And then you are praying, Lord God Almighty, you're my helper in this trouble. You're already making these confessions. And then verse eight, verse 8, God says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye. In other words, that situation you are praying for, the solution is going to come by me instructing you and leading you in what to do. So you are, you've got to do something. He's very powerful. So when you are praying, oh God, you shall compass me about the songs of deliverance, God says, yes, I will instruct you. Not just songs now. After you've sung hymns, and you've sung in the Spirit, and you've sung songs, God says, what you need to do now to bring the practical change is listening to my instructions. I will instruct you and I will teach you in the way you should go. Instructions will come from the Spirit. Teachings will come from the Word. And as long as you take it, you find yourself out of the situation. This is how God works. You be sensitive to the inspiration that comes, sensitive to the instructions that come, sensitive to the teachings that have come from His Word. Everything you are going through, there is a direction that the Word of God, the written Word of God already has about it. While you are praying, make sure you start acting on that instruction. And as you act on it, you find out that something will happen. Many times we remain in frustrating situations because we do not pick those divine instructions. Remember the wedding in Cana of Galilee? The Bible says that Jesus' mother came to him and said, Jesus, there, there's no more wine. And Jesus said, what do I have to do with that? Then the woman, understanding what Jesus you know, would do, or understanding the character of Jesus, she, said, she told the servant, she said, look, just watch out. Watch watch, Just watch. Just stand in a watchful position and watch out for whatever he'll tell you to do. That's the instruction that, that the Spirit of God is giving someone here today. You just have to take a posture of a watcher become sensitive. What is that thing in your environment? What is that thing in your life that the Spirit of God has been telling you to do but you don't see it because, it, because God is not speaking? God doesn't speak in baritone voice. God speaks in diverse ways. Thoughts, ideas, concepts, insights, dreams, visions, counsels from people around us, instructions and corrections from, our, from authorities in our lives. That's how God speaks. Information from books. You have to take these things and then make something out of it. You find the solution will come. The solution is just a step away from you. But you have to just pick it up and act on it. Glory to God. So we know the story. Jesus just spoke to the servants and said, fill the water pots with water. And then after a while he told them, take out now and take to the governor of the feast. He worked his miracle by giving instructions. Anyone who doesn't yield to divine instruction will miss divine interventions. The instructions are the raw materials for divine manifestation. You, you must be sensitive to those instructions, those inspired steps to take. You must be sensitive. This point is so important, and then you must take those steps when you when you pick them. Sometimes you, you you're praying, and then some thoughts come to your mind. You take the steps. They may seem to work out, but they don't eventually work out. You know, fully. They don't work out the solution fully. Go back to pray. Keep praying on the issue. Another step will come, and thoughts will come to your mind. Then you take the issue, it doesn't come, oh, it doesn't happen that way. I know a lot of people who have experienced this kind of, you know, in quotes, you call it trying and error way, and then by the fourth or the fifth step, a mighty solution busted out. And by the time that fifth step was taken and the solution came, they now found out why God, you know, why God gave them those first four steps that did not work out. There were lessons they needed to learn that will help them in the final manifestation, that will help them to keep the final manifestation. You're praying about something, a step comes, take it. It was God that told Moses to go to, to Pharaoh. Ten times Pharaoh did not let him go. So, the fact that something doesn't work doesn't mean that it was not a divine idea. If it doesn't work, go back and keep praying. Pick another divine idea. You have learned a lesson about, from that first step that did not work out. But you've learned something there. You try this one again. If it works out, fine. If it doesn't work out, go back and keep praying. Just have a constant posture in your heart that the solution is going to come from God and I'll keep trying every signal I get from the Spirit. If you do this, I'm telling you, you will enter the solution to your problems. you receive the divine help that God has sent for you. Glory to God. How did Peter receive the help from God when his business was frustrated? His fish business was frustrated. But Jesus said, cast your net into the right side of the sea. He said, Master, that's the exact thing I've been doing before. He said, do it one more time. This is, you find the story in Luke chapter 5, verse 4 to 10. He says, do it one more time. And the Bible says, Peter said, okay, at your word, I'll do it. And as he did it, the Bible says, they caught a great multitude of fishes. There's someone that's going to catch a great multitude of fish because the very same things you have been doing as you take time to pray and do it again, maybe with a different, in a different manner, with a different attitude, with a different system, it will produce supernatural results. A result that you do not even have enough capacity to receive. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And because of time, just round up number five step to take. Seal up the miracle with thanksgiving and testimony. Thanksgiving is towards God. Testimony is towards men. You have to give thanks. You receive that miracle. As the miracle comes, please don't forget to give thanks. A lot of times we receive miracles and we lose the miracles because we don't give thanks. There are two effects of lack of thanksgiving. When we don't give thanks, we can lose the miracle. And number two, when we don't give thanks, we do not repeat that miracle. Everything God does for you is only made permanent and made repeatable by thanksgiving that is genuine. If you give thanks, you make it permanent and then you make it repeat, repeated. Remember the story of the ten lepers in Luke chapter 17 verse 12 to 19. Only one of them came back after being healed. And Jesus said, now behold. Everybody was healed, but you that came back for thanksgiving, behold. Healing is different from wholeness. To be healed is to to get the sickness removed. To be whole is to get everything you've lost on the basis of that sickness restored. So it was made whole. And then also, give a testimony. Give your testimony. Give your testimony. Give your testimony. Don't keep the miracle to yourself. Let it become a seed for someone else to believe God for his own miracle. Sometimes we don't give testimonies because we don't want people to know what we're going through. Please, don't let sentiments cheat you from you know, from from divine repetition. Because it's when you give your testimony that you'll give God the permission to bring your repetition. The woman with the issue of blood in Mark chapter 5, verse 33 to 34, that woman, she came back, the Bible says she came trembling at Jesus' feet and she told him all that was done in her. And Jesus said, woman, be thou whole. Your faith has made you whole. Be whole of your plague. Now, I would like to round up by reading Psalm 145, from verse 5 to 13. This is a very powerful scripture about giving testimonies. When you receive a miracle, any small blessing you get from God, even if you feel, okay, this is not a full miracle, this is just a, a, a part of the blessing, I'm telling you, make sure you give God thanks. Make sure you give God thanks, give Him praise, give Him adoration, because your, the testimony will increase and will mature whenever you thank him for that which you have experienced. Verse five of Psalm one forty five says, I will speak of the glorious honor of thy majesty and of thy wondrous works. You see, I will speak of thy wondrous work. You have to speak of God's wondrous works in your life. And men shall speak of the might of thy terrible acts, and I will declare thy greatness. They shall abundantly utter the memory of thy goodness, of thy great goodness, and shall sing of thy righteousness. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and of great mercy. The Lord is good to all and His tender mercies are all over the works. All thy works shall praise thee, O Lord, and thy saints shall bless thee. Hallelujah. They shall speak of the glory of thy kingdom and talk of thy power. To make known to the sons of men His mighty acts and the glorious majesty of His kingdom. To make known to the sons of men His mighty acts. You have to make it known. You have to make it known. You have to share your testimony call your pastor call the brethren or if it's a church service share your, let someone know that God has done something mighty don't keep it to yourself as you do this your miracle will become permanent and your miracle will become a repeated experience in your life you begin to have progress and testimonies upon testimonies again and again hallelujah can you just begin to thank the lord and appreciate him for bringing his word to you i believe very strongly That as you take these steps, the Spirit of God will bring you out of any condition or situation you find yourself. Begin to worship God and appreciate Him. Begin to thank Him and begin to submit yourself to His will. Come on, begin to pray right away and begin to receive your miracle.